like I, I love I, I like Ted Lasso as a show, right? Like it's a really good show. But like not everything has to be an explicit life lesson that's told to you and them. Sometimes the life lesson is like, you know what? I I got I got through a day where I didn't know if I was gonna make it through. Yeah. And I and I did it pretty well. I think I actually had a pretty good day. And you learn that, like, you know what, just getting started and pushing through is something I can do. And and I I that's one of the things from sports that I think is so important of like just like, all right, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna push through and I'm gonna get this done and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna compete. Welcome to the second episode of the Do Me a Favor podcast. Our guest this week is my good friend and head men's basketball coach at John Hopkins University, Josh Leffler. Quick bio on Josh. We'll try to keep this quick. There's, there's a lot we could say here. Josh has had quite a run at Hopkins, starting with the first year where he was the first coach in conference history to guide his team to the tournament title and earn coach of the year in his first season, setting the conference record for wins as a first-year head coach. But he wasn't done there. The next year, his Blue Jays ran it back and went 24-4 and and upset the top-ranked and undefeated Swarthmore on the road to another conference title and hosted first and second-round NCAA tournament games. Overall, after just three seasons, Josh already ranks third in the program history and wins. Before Hopkins, he worked as an assistant at Loyola, Rutgers, Stevens, Hamilton, and perhaps most notably, Lafayette. While at Lafayette, he recruited a pair of all-league selections, three all-rookie team members, two all-league performers, and a 2012 Scholar Athlete of the Year. None of these were me. When he's not coaching or helping prepare his players for life after hoops, he can be found tweeting about the joys and challenges of parenthood. Josh, cheers and welcome to the show. Cheers, my man. It's great to see you. How'd I do? Is that right? Yeah, I I just thought we'd discuss the the many rebounds I got for you in one-on-one shooting sessions. We'll, we'll get to um, that. We'll get to that, that wasn't that's not is that not listed anywhere in my bio? That's that's messed up. That's really that's really crazy. I mean, it was it was a pretty easy job, just right right out of the just net. Stu- I just stu- yeah. I just stood right below the net and took it right out the net and threw it back to you, my man. Right out the bottom of the net. Yeah, there you go. To, as 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 you and I know, take it out the bottom of the net. Yeah, famous quote. Just quickly before we get into the, the questions, again, want this to be as conversational as possible. You know, I want to have you on for a couple of reasons. First, obviously, you're, you're someone I respect, um, not only for the aforementioned success and the love that you have for the game that I love the most, but um, for the fact that you're, you know, how much you're able to relate to your players. Um, that's something that always stood out to me. And Obviously, I know from from firsthand experience. And two, with this podcast, we talked about earlier, you know, I'm trying to interview not just founders. I'm trying to really get ideas from outside of that space. And, you know, I think some of the best ideas come from, you know, outside of your bubble a lot of times. So, And being a head coach of a a college team is a lot like running a startup, I'm sure. So those were the main reasons. And, you know, I hope that's not too much to to live up to for you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, again, this is episode two and I really wanted to have you on. So again, welcome. 
Yeah, th thanks for having me. Um, I don't think I could run a startup. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at people like yourself and, and you're, you're one of a few people I know who, who started their own thing and are doing really well with it. But, um, you know, just to have the creativity and the bravery to, to put your creativity to, to practice, I think is really, it's something I marvel at and admire and, you know, personally just super, you know, super impressed and proud of what you're, you're doing. Um, you. and, uh, Appreciate so happy, so happy for the success you're having and, and really happy to be here with you today, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Cool. Now that we got the, the mushy stuff out of the way, let's get the into it. The, ple the, the pleasantries, <laughs> the pleasantries are out of the way. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, we both meant it. I'm sure. As far as you know, I meant it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. First question, who is your favorite player of all time and why is it me? Uh, his name was Mike Gruner and he, oh wait, I'm sorry. Wait, I, uh, Ben Wheeler is my favorite player because, because, because um, of just your effervescent personality, Ben. There we go. Appreciate that. Okay. First actual question. <laughs> and there's a bit of a, a jab in here. So bear with me. You know, you could have been an amazing salesperson, obviously recruiting and being a head coach is a lot like a lot of sales could have been a finance guy. I know you have a bit of a finance background and to put it frankly, uh, you know, you weren't the best player in the world. No. Um, what do you think drew you or called you to coaching? Um, you don't have to get too meta here, but like what? No, I mean, I, I, I just love basketball. I, I kind of find it funny when, when coaches start talking about, you know, the, the thing that I love and the best part of coaching is, is teaching young men to be leaders. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the, it's the educate and it's all of that's true. Like being on a team, I love being on a team. I love competing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think I ever wanted to give that up. I think that's a big part of it. But the number one reason to get into coaching basketball is because you love basketball. Like, and, and you're right. Like I was a average division three player, you know, like that and a quarter will get you a coffee maybe, you know? So it, it, it's not like any, anything where, where I felt like I had this, I need to teach people to play the way I play. Mm -hmm. Like probably like Steve Nash does with, with his players, you know? Yeah. I just love, I, I always love basketball, man. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds corny, but it's the best sport. It's the greatest game. Um, and from that, I always loved being on teams. I always loved just, I, I love, I'm a pretty competitive person. I love to compete. Mm -hmm. And I, um, you know, I just, I didn't want to leave the game. Like I, I just wanted to be around it. And I, I think probably most of the most important male figures in my life were coaches when I was a kid mm -hmm. uh, and growing up. And that probably shaped me in many ways, you know, and just um, mm -hmm. had had an impact that I didn't even know it was having when it happened. And I love, I love basketball. I love watching basketball. I watch it all the time. I talk about it all the time. I text guys like you and former players about the NBA and, 
yeah. college game. And it's just, it's the best man. And it's, it's that simple. It is the best. I obviously didn't get into it, but I think obviously coming from, from different points, but, um, you know, I think initially, like I had to get away from it for step away from it for a bit, but I've had an itch for a while and yeah, it comes and goes and you obviously need to have that like obsessive, obsessive nature about it to, to do what you do. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think my personality fits, uh, coaching fairly well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm opinionated. I always have been, you know, that like, mm-hmm. um, I'm not a hobbies guy. Like I don't, I don't really have any hobbies. So, so like, it's not like I need to take like five hours out of the day to go golf. Yeah. You got to scratch um, that question off, off the list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no hobbies. Okay. So um, half the you know, is gone. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny, you know, like, a lot of my friends who are in investment banking or, you know, uh, finance or doing incredible things in other fields, like if they see me and I ask them how they're doing in their job and how they're, they're working, they want to talk about it for like 30 seconds. And mm-hmm. then they want to talk about hoops. And I just think that that kind of explains basketball in a lot of ways, right? Like, like once you get into it and you play on a team, like it's hard, it's hard to get rid of, like, like you just said that, that need that itch to be involved with it. And I'm yeah. lucky. I, I, I get to do it every day and, and it's, it's truly an awesome thing. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely when people find out, like I, I joke, we mentioned Gruner earlier, but like we joke about like, you know, when people find out you play, you played it, even our level, like it's, it's something that, um, kind of stands out and with him that the Kevin Durant thing is always something that he'll have, which is awesome. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And when you yeah. say our, and when you say our level, you were a scholarship division one basketball player. Yeah. I was not. So I, I just <laughs> want to make sure everybody understands that you were quite the accomplished basketball player. And Michael Gruner, who we're talking about was the co-player of the year in the Washington post with one Mr. Um, uh, Kevin, Oh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Durant. That's it. Yeah, he and, he and Kevin Durant. Quite quite different career paths, but different um, body types. Different body types. I mean, that's that's what it was. That was, that, that was the only thing that held Gruner back. Um, so you, I, I talked a little bit about you know your previous experience. Um, you know, typically like a question that it, I would ask a founder is, um, you know, how did you get to this point? Some some version of that for you. I want to ask more along the lines of like, obviously assistant coach is a much, much different job. Is there anything that you miss about being an assistant? To me, it's a bit analogous to like, obviously I'm, I'm running my show now, but it's a bit analogous to like a, a nine to five, like my previous nine to five, even, even like at a startup where, you know, it was small and I obviously had a big say, but it's not being in charge. So is there any part of that that, that you miss? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I, I have a really unique experience because I was the head coach at Stevens for two years, um, living in Hoboken, New Jersey, um, when I was 25 and 26 years old. Yeah. And we had good success and it was a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my second stint as a head coach, but in between those stints from the ages of 27 um, to 36, 
I was an assistant and I got to Lafayette and I think it made me a better assistant for coach O'Hanlon that I had been a head coach. Cause I could relate to some of the things that are just difficult about being a head coach. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I thought, you know, cause every now and then as an assistant coach, you go like, well, I would do things this way, or I would do things that way. And I, I gotta has the answers. Yeah, yeah. I gotta be a head coach soon. And I go, I, I would sit there and go like, Hey guys, I gotta tell you, like, being an assistant's a lot easier, man. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot easier to sleep. Um, you don't have to have the final say in everything. Like the, the hammer doesn't fall on you when things are going wrong. Um, so I, I got that, ex- that experience of being able to juxtapose the two things pretty early in my career, which was, I think, very beneficial. Yeah. The things I miss about being an assistant, it's not the the burden of being a head coach. It's not like, I, I, I like being a head coach. I, I, I'm an opinionated guy. I like having the final say on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the power dynamic when you're a head coach, it's just different. It's just different. You could be, I am not, but you could be the kindest person in the world as a head coach. And your, your relationship with your players is still going to be very different than the assistant coaches. Yeah. Um, when you have the final say in telling someone you're going to play and you're not, and this is why you're good. And this is why you're not, mm-hmm. that just creates a power dynamic. That's really hard to close and become as close as you might want to be when yeah. you're an assistant. Co- I, I look back when, when I was an assistant coach at Lafayette and you were there, you and I had a, I would say a decent relationship. One, one that was good enough that we're talking still 13 years later. Um, And it's, and part of that is because I didn't have to tell you every day, like, here's why you're playing X number of minutes and here's why you're not. And I didn't tell you every day that's wrong. This is right. That's wrong. This is right. That's wrong. This is right. I I told you that enough, but it was in less pressure filled situations. Yeah. It was in one-on-one workouts and it was in like side conversations. I do miss that. Right. Like I love all of my players. Like I really love them. Um, but I don't have the same relationship I would have with them if I were an assistant and, yeah. and there's positives and negatives to that. Um, I'm 40 now, so I don't, I don't need all of my players to be my best friends, but there was a, there was a comfort in being an assistant coach where you just got relationships. You got relationships that were so profound with your players. And, and, you know, I guess we all get old and that goes somewhere else, you know? Um, I I guess I, I'm just, I'm more comfortable being the old guy in the room now, but uh, I do. I I miss that about being an assistant. That was, that was fantastic. Yeah. you, You just can't have it. As you said, as the, even a player, even a player's quote unquote player's coach. Like you can't, I mean, no, exactly. You can right. still be like, that, but like, you're not, it's, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. I can, I can yeah. still love my guys and, and want to do whatever I want. Uh, I want to do anything for them to help them in their lives, mm-hmm. but the, it, the dynamics just different. And I think yeah. probably for a founder who you interview, it's like, Hey, being a, a cog in a machine had this benefit as opposed to running the machine. Yeah. You know, and I would assume there are some similarities there. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's, again, these are, 
questions, not just ask questions. These are things I'm I'm gonna be, if not dealing with, gonna be dealing with. So it's it's great to have that perspective. Um, I mean, literally, my next question was about being a player's coach versus a disciplinarian. Without you know saying that the two most generic ends of the spectrum, but um, I mean, you 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 touched on it. You know, it's yeah, and I think I, I they don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what being a player's coach really means. Yeah. It gets thrown around like. Yeah. I think it gets thrown around in part, like you were talking about sales. Like yeah. I think it gets thrown around because like, it sounds better to 18 year olds. And they're like, I, I want to play for a player's coach. And it's like, yeah, what's, what's that mean? You're allowed to do whatever you want. Like, yeah. That's yeah. not, that's not a recipe for winning, you know? Um, no. But I think the other side of that is like, what's being a disciplinarian. Yeah. Like, I mean, the guy you played for in college, is he a disciplinarian? Is he a player's coach? Like, he's unbelievably good to the people he coaches, but he's certainly full of discipline. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's yeah. just one of those things where, like, nothing is that. Black and white. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's that black and white. Exactly. Yeah. Um, ask, ask the guys who are playing for me right now. They'd probably say I'm a disciplinarian. Ask my guys who are four years out of college. They'd probably say I'm. Um, a disciplinarian. Um, and then, you yeah. know, I, I, no, but I don't know. It's just that it's, it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting thing, right. Of, yeah. of just how, how to categorize a leader, whether it's a boss in a business setting or, or a coach. Yeah. I think probably some coaches get that label and it's one way or another and it's hard to, hard yeah. to shake yeah. or, or, or they push it, you know, I'm sure that's, that's the case as well. For sure. Power or, Mike D'Antoni is someone that comes to mind. People used to always say, I no, think, no, uh, no. I, and I, and I think, I think there are people who are on one extreme or close to one extreme or the other. Yeah, absolutely. But I think most people kind of are in the middle somewhere. Yeah, you know? definitely. Cool. So a couple of questions on, well, I guess we talked about recruiting a bit. Obviously you didn't recruit me, um, but you did, you did make some, as I mentioned, a, a couple of good, selections there and i'm sure since um what is one like obviously the basketball part of it's important that's the most important thing but like what is one non-basketball related attribute or skill that you would look for in a recruit and like how does that kind of manifest when they get there like someone who's super you know a team guy or like you know something more intangible that's not you know just on the statute that's a good question. Um, it's a long-winded question, but no, but I know what you're saying. Like, like, what are the soft skills you're looking for? Or what are like traits that are across the board for really good players? I, I, the one thing I, t- I, I think is important. You, you want to recruit people. Number one, I think recruiting to archetypes is really tough. Like, I want a pass first point guard or I want a such and such center, or I, I want a, a, a coder who's also good with people. And it's like, when you, when you try to fit people into boxes, yeah. for instance, for, for instance, if, if we had come out of um, Lafayette, you and I both, worked for many years with a player named Jared Mintz 
who was a fantastic center. Shout out Jared. Uh, yep. And a great Canadian. And <laughs> one of the best. Yep. I still I still have a coffee mug, by the way, with the maple leaf all over it that Jared bought me as a graduation gift after he graduated. It was like one of the, the most Canadian thing ever is to buy someone a gift when you graduate. Um yeah. <laughs> but like if we had come away and been like, we're gonna find the next Jared Mintz, we're gonna find the next guy. Yeah who who is really skilled and just super technical and possibly a bit overweight coming out of high school with an unbelievable uh white man's afro like if we had said that like that's kind of splitting hairs you know you're probably gonna miss on the next one like because you don't know that jared's going to develop the way he does right that he's going to put so much time and effort into being in the best shape and becoming the best low post scorer you you can't you can't predict the the growth process of people sometimes in, instead i think when when i'm hiring or recruiting do i like being around this person like yeah. do i enjoy being around this person is this person smart is this person super hard working and if you answer those questions with yes all in the affirmative yeah and 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 there's a certain level of required talent that they meet i think that's where you give yourself a chance it's almost like don't draft sam Bowie just because you want a center draft jordan yeah you know like get the best available kind of get the best available that fit those those smart hardworking, fun to be around you enjoy the energy that they bring yeah. And I'll get, guess what? Even, even, even when you think they're checking all those boxes, you're still going to get it wrong a, a pretty good amount of times. Yeah. Do you think that's the order? So you mentioned. No, uh, I mean, I, that's, that's a good question. I, I don't know well, if that's the actual order. Yeah. That's, that's, you said that's like, it's not, it's not really important, but you said likes, I'm, I'm just thinking like the first one that you mentioned was, do I like being around them? Like that to me is kind of should be number one, right? Like I, I, I think, I, I think so. I think so. Well, one, we don't have to get into it, but one particular instance of a uh, recruit at Lafayette comes to mind, who was an yeah. awesome player <laughs> who I hosted. And uh, we decided to go another way because none of us, yeah, it, that wasn't the case. No, really, it, it really matters. Like, yeah, the best thing awesome. we have, really the good. best thing we have going at Johns Hopkins is that all of the guys in our locker room like each other. Yeah. Like, honestly, like we don't have like, well, there's gradients, right? Like three guys might like each other more than the other 15 guys. And, and five guys might like each other more. There's slight clicks, but like, no one's like, I can't stand that guy. Yeah. And just not screwing that up is probably my biggest job. Like, you feel, do you feel like you would know, like you, you feel like you would definitely know if that wasn't. If that no, wasn't I don't feel like I would. I don't feel like I would definitely know, but. Probably. I can, I can sense it. You know, I can sense that like the, the issues personally we have in the locker room are minor. Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, the kid, the, the person that you're referring to later on in his career had some things pop up that really reared their ugly head and, and, and caused some problems. Yeah. So, you know, your the, the gut feel that you get when you're around somebody is not just your gut, right? Yeah. Um, although my gut, my gut health will be much better once I have more uh, favors. Um, it is also like 
your natural instincts as we evolved telling you like this is good this is bad mm-hmm. since you know as as humans evolved and those primal instincts they, they're there for a reason and if you don't like being around someone you probably shouldn't surround yourself with that person no matter yeah. how good at basketball or their job you think they are as a, as a rule i like it as a rule yeah as a rule rule of thumb <laughs> love it so you just talked about the locker room and guys liking each other had a question on culture sounds like you've created a great culture obviously a buzz buzzwordy word but yeah how do you approach culture like on a day-to-day basis and not like you know not in like a super general way like how do you feel about when people bring up like all the cultures right there i think the number one thing we just talked about uh people you know um culture to me is defined um or, or, or it, it really is embodied by just how the people in an organization work every day or how they carry themselves every day. So yeah. um, I, I always thought that, that, the, that there's like this sign above, I think it was the Patriots locker room that says, uh, we don't become you, you become us. And on some level, that's right. Right. Cause I'm sure if someone's really terrible, they can just cut them and get rid of them. Yeah. Which but, they do. but on, but when they, they do it and, and believe me, he's got 53 dudes. He's got 52 dudes. who I don't even know who they are in Mac Jones right now. And Bill Belichick is still crushing it. Yeah. Um, but on some level, it's not a hundred percent true, right? Like if you introduce enough people into an environment that stand for things that are very different than what you want your, organization to stand for yeah then your organization will become them on some level like Uh, you can't change you can't change everybody you know you you can't do it yeah i mean the the thing that's coming to mind right now is adjusting the players right like so you have your you have your you have your system and there were situations in, in my years playing that like you know you have someone who doesn't fit that system exactly you need to adjust right so it's kind of a that goes for personalities too in a way right like it, it it's not it sounds like that's kind of what you're you're saying it's not a one size kind of fits it's all. not one size fit all but i guess my biggest point is you have to be really careful about who you bring into any organization yeah and because bringing in one person positively negatively there's almost no one's a neutral yeah, it's going to adjust your organization because like, let's say you have one person who doesn't fit your culture the way you want it to. And, and again, just using the word culture at times is kind of cringy. Um, but like, let's, let's say you have one outlier. Yeah. How big an outlier, how strong an outlier, how, um, ref, how, how much do they refuse to adjust behavior? And therefore, the other people in your organization, how much do they have to modify their behaviors to approach that person or how much they have to modify their behaviors to try and get that person to adjust? And all of those things are like, you only have a certain amount of energy. You only have a certain amount of time. You you only have a, 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 a set amount of hours in a day. How much of those how much of those things are going to just that one person who is an outlier? 
Yeah. Um, then what if you have a second person or a third person? Like th- those things really matter. Uh, no matter what you're doing, having the right people for your organization is the biggest thing. Human, there's, I don't think there's anything more important than human capital and, and having the right people on board with your, with your group. Yeah. When you, I guess, identify that that may not be the case, there's only so much you can do, obviously, initially, but is that just a conversation that you have with, you know, other coaches and kind of think of a game plan? Like, what is what is step two there? When someone's I, already in, when, when someone's already in in the, in the team or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that. I'd imagine that hasn't been the case too much, um, at least recently. Not, but not, not so much recently. No. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think, like. Even our, no, I think our days. I, I'm a, I'm a, I, we, you know, we, I'm a pretty direct person. So I think yeah. having check-ins with players yeah, and, and telling them here's where you need to get better, whether it's a basketball skill thing or, um, you know, a behavioral thing or something, yeah. something like, like, and just being, just being blunt about, Hey, this is where I, where I see things. Yeah. These, these are the behaviors I'm seeing and, and this needs to improve. Being comfortable with some conflict and some confrontation and saying like, this has to get better or else we're going to have an issue. Um, that's really necessary. Like, I don't think anyone should ever be blindsided by some conversation at the end of the year. Like, let's say in your, in your company. Yeah. You sit, you sit down with an employee at the end of the year. If you go, Hey, here are my problems with your uh, performance. And we're going to have to go in a different direction. If that person is blindsided by that and goes, I had no idea that this was ever, that's a failure of communication. So I think consistent communication about uh, standards and, and is a person meeting them and, and ways to improve and, tactics to help improve I, I think those are conversations that have to be ongoing um people should know where you where you sit as a leader and where you stand with their actions as you lead them and they should understand that hey i have this issue right now let's hash it out yeah listen listen to what they have to say try to come up with a way to move forward yeah and, th- and then if things don't improve, then you have to revisit it and talk about what's going to happen next. But that, that, that's, that's the process that I think really needs to be in place so that no one goes, well, if you had told me, I would have changed. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing is if, if I recruit someone to Johns Hopkins, I believe that they can really help Johns Hopkins. And if they start acting in a manner that doesn't help Johns Hopkins, you can't just give up on them. Yeah. You you have to invest in making them aware of you need to improve XYZ to help us. Um and really invest in trying to do that. And yeah. then if 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 that persists, then you move forward with here's what we need to do to address this. Yeah. Um, communication. Communication. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it's huge. It's huge. Something I think about, like, just in general with people, I said this to someone the other day, I forget the context, but, like, there was a very annoying or, like, 
kind of ridiculous behavior that was pointed out. And I was like, well, do they know that they're doing that? Like, yeah. Has any, yeah. has anyone ever told them? It's like a fair question to ask. Like it's a it's, very fair question to ask. Yeah. Switching a bit, bit of gears here. Uh, last like kind of hoops related question. Uh, again, kind of like a, a foo foo general question, but what is one, one skill from basketball do you think translates most directly to the real world in quotes? Cause like, I, I, I think I have like my answer as far as like, what, what did I learn the most again, generally speaking? And like, I think there's a ton and I, I could go on for a while about how much yeah, hoops... you could, you, I could go in a million different directions with this. Wow. Um, man, I, I think a lot of people have talked about the teamwork aspect and, and, and relating to different people and learning how to um, coexist with a variety of different people. That's probably been talked out on some level. Yeah. Um, I honestly think that one of the best things out of team sports and especially basketball is that you learn that it's, it's not all about you. And on any given day, you might not feel great, but there's merit and value in just doing what you're supposed to do as, as best you can on that day. Like, yeah. I mean, you showing know, up. like showing, sh- up. showing up and doing your job and like, man, that's, I know that sounds like a basic level thing, but like there were days in the spring where you, you probably didn't want to do your one hour individual workout and then go lift, but you did it yeah, and you did it well. And at the end of the day, you probably thought that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I was feeling some type of way early and now I'm fine. Yeah. And you, you feel know? better. You feel better that you made it made it through that yeah i made it through you you, you just learn the like I, I love i i like ted lasso as a show right like it's a really good show but like not everything has to be an explicit life lesson that's told to you and them sometimes the life lesson is like you know what i i got i got through a day where i didn't know if i was going to make it through yeah and i and i did it pretty well i think i actually had a pretty good day and you learn that like, you know what, just getting started and pushing through is something I can do. And, and I, I, that's one of the things from sports that I think is so important of like, just like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to push through and I'm going to get this done and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to compete. And uh, I, I think that's huge to be honest. Like, yeah. you, you know, that, that quote of like, if you, if you only work hard on the days where you feel like it, you won't get much done, you know, yeah, like. It. Just just show up and, and work hard. And it might not be your best day, but you put in a, a, a yeoman's effort. I think that's a really big lesson. That's that's mine. You just said mine. Is it yeah. really? Is, is it really? Yeah. Showing up. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that I weird? Mean, because is that weird for you since like there were so many days where you actually put in such a bad effort? Is that <laughs> does that feel disingenuous or I showed up? About did I did I not show up? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think for me, you know, you know, I had back issues like that. That was a big thing for me was just that I was, I guess, most proud about was I was, I was there and I was, I was putting in the effort even when it sucked and uh, it may have been painful. And yeah, of course there's days you don't want to do it and 
Yeah, that's literally like on our whatever our values are our pillars. That's that's number one. Show up. I think I think if if the average person knew how sore or pain in how much pain a college athlete is on every given day, they'd be they'd marvel. Like they would marvel at like how much pain your back gave you every day. They would marvel at like how Ryan Willen had to actually go into traction a few times a year to get through that, that back issue he had, yeah. how he, how he, he was in pain every time he shot the ball after he hurt his shoulder against LIU. Yeah. Uh, I don't, they, they I don't would, mean to they, be smiling, but yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. But like, yeah. you just think they, they would marvel at like little, really little things like how Rob Delaney played his pretty much his entire college career with two torn hip labrums. Yeah. You know, and, and like, like you and I can name every guy you played with. And I just, I just think people don't understand college athletes show up because they love their team and they love their teammates and they're in such pain most of the time and they yeah. still do it because it matters. And they, I guess that's the other thing, right? Of like, it's not all about you. Like, I'm going to do it for these guys. I'm going to do it for these, these, in your case, like guys who you look at as like brothers, you know, yeah. and, and just think, I, I, I just care too much about these people to not do it. Yeah. And learning that, learning that you can care so much about something is it's, it's a really great lesson. It's a really great lesson to know that you can care something about something that much and put it all on the line, physical pain, and the and the the real fear of like I might not get I might not win it yeah. might not work out and but I'm willing to risk that because it matters that much to me the people around me matter that much to me I yeah. I just think that's it's an amazing thing about sports man yeah it is something again different path right after after playing hoops but like it's something I hadn't wasn't able to really get back to until I would say no. just recently because it's you know you have jobs you have this and that that like it's caring about something so much for so long up and up through college like there was like a hangover to that where it was like yeah right. oh yeah oh, th there's no doubt there's no doubt yeah there's yeah. no doubt which is in my case I guess what led me to kind of take a, a step back from hoops but yeah I mean it's taken me until until this uh this business really to for me to get back to a point where I, I cared. Uh, it's amazing, man, because like similar to yeah. be honest, to be honest, the fact that you're able to get close to or the same level or even more level of caring about something is it's awesome because to be really honest with you, most people search their entire lives for that. Yeah. Like why, why do you think there's so many people going to CrossFit every day? It's not because yeah. they, they, it's partially because they want to be in shape, but it's partially because they get a group of people around them who become like a team. Yeah. Um, why, why do you think people join like clubs and things like that? Like they're, they're, they're constantly in search of that. So yeah. for you to, for you to have something like that, um, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's what people are, are seeking, you know, it's, yeah. it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, it was a recent kind of revelation it's you know a period of like not even close to that that kind of makes you in my case i think kind of seek it out more um yeah for sure which was beneficial but having that yeah i, I wouldn't have done that obviously without like that baseline so yeah um it was a in my 
again, I brought up that question because obviously Hoops has had a immense impact on my life. And um, there's a bunch of things that I, I think I'm way better off for having gone through all the years of playing that I did. So, I mean, you met me, so that's, I mean, th that's number two on the list. Yeah. Like yeah. cherry on top, you know? Yeah. For At sure. least the sprink sprinkles, maybe. I, I don't know. It's something. It's definitely something. Um, cool. So a couple of questions I want to talk about on like mindset and like systems, uh, structures, kind of goals that you set. So I'm big and like one thing I really want to impress upon my company is this idea of momentum. Like that's a big thing with, yeah. um, you know, this idea of in, in our case, you know, like a product that you know, it's not going to cure you, but it's going to make you feel better. And it's going to kind of get you to that next yeah. step. And, you know, it's, it's small wins throughout the day that um, kind of make the difference and not these grandiose kind of things. And I think that ultimately comes from hoops, like not only momentum, like wind streaks, stuff like that, but um, the idea of like, you know, starting a game, getting a couple easy buckets to kind of open things up. I love to hear you kind of expand upon momentum and like, how you relay that to your team and like when things are working kind of how you keep that going long-winded question well my, my mind goes to two places um one building off what you just said about momentum with like some easy buckets and um i, I know i referenced ted lasso earlier but like and i feel like every 40 year old in the country like dressed up as him for halloween so it was a little weird um i i did not I, okay. I, I, I was, I was ask. a member of, I was, uh, Helen was mayor of East town and I was one of the guys from East town. I don't know if you watched uh, that show. It's wonderful. I did watch it's that wonderful. show. Yes. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Wawa. Wah. Um, I'll, I'll follow up for, uh, for some picks on that. Yeah. 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 No problem. I got it. Um, but belief is real, right? Yeah. So two years, the last time we had this, this season going on right now is, is going pretty well. We, we had COVID last year. We didn't have a real season. The year before, uh, we went 24 and four. And we won a lot of close games, including the first game of the year. We won a really close game, essentially in the last three seconds on a putback. Mm -hmm. And the year before that, we had gone 18 and nine. And we lost a lot of close games. And it kind of came up anecdotally at one point. After we won two close games in the 24 and four year, one of the players said, kind of on the side, in the sidebar, we wouldn't have won these last year. And I, it just kind of struck me like the belief, like, like at that point, like our guys just thought like we win these games. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. And the year before they felt like we can't win one of these games. So that idea of belief is real because it becomes the way you approach things. So if you believe like our company does mean something and we are putting a good product out there and we, we are on, a, we're on an uptick. Like our company's going places. Yeah. That's, that's going to translate as opposed to, if you go, this product, this product's not good. Like, and we are not going places. It's going to translate whether, whether those things really exist or not, it's going to translate. Yeah. So belief. And then the other thing, my mind goes to habits. I'm like, it's not, it's no secret that like 
if you can just stack day on day on day on day on day of eating healthy, it's going to be easier to eat healthy. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that, that idea of momentum of like, the more you do something, the easier it becomes because routines are part of our life. So if, Mm -hmm. if you wake up every morning and run, it's going to be easier to wake up the next day and run. Yeah. If you, if you have a workout routine that's haphazard, it's going to be harder to do it. Cause it just, that momentum of, of habit stacking and, you know, just building in a routine that becomes part of who you are. And if part of who you are is I do my job in, in a really efficient manner every day, that shows that the job matters to you and that company will, will succeed because of it. Yeah. And if you don't, and if you don't do it that way every day, maybe you're really talented and you're fine, but how much do you really care? Exactly. You know, like you can't let talent carry you. I think, you know, professional sports are full of examples of like the really talented guy who realized when he got to the pros, oh, I'm, I'm not as talented as I thought I was. Like, yeah. I got to act like a professional. And then they, that's talent. when, they, yeah. And that's where they mm-hmm. take off. That's where yeah. they take off. Hard work beats talent when. Um, talent doesn't work hard. When talent uh, doesn't go to sleep or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think you know, no, but, but yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but I think habits and belief yeah. in terms of momentum, that's where my mind goes, you know? Yeah. So that was actually a question I had about like si- implementing systems and habits versus like goal setting and just your general thoughts there. Uh, I have, have it written here. One of our assistants at Lafayette, who, who we both know, like when I was there, I used to crack up because you'll know who I'm talking about, but he scheduled out his entire day. Awake. Awake. Guitar. 10 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Um, and at the, t- at the time, obviously it was funny, but like at my current state, I'm a bit more, uh, I don't do the entire day like that, but I'm a bit more uh, accepting of that kind of idea how do you approach like implementing day-by-day systems versus like i guess goals like the idea of systems versus goals do you do you have do you have both do you focus more on like the system itself it's funny you ask that because by nature i think i'm like you a little bit i think you and i well and there's a reason you and i both found that those lists to be so funny, even though like now you and I both find the value in them. Yeah. Right. Like there's true value in that. And he's, he's, he's successful because of that. Right. Um, But I am probably a more, I I mean, spontaneous seems like a weird word because it seems like one of those words you would put on like a Tinder uh, profile. Like I'm really spontaneous person, you know? Um, but I am probably a little bit more spontaneous than planned. Yeah. Where like, I've never been the person who wakes up and eats the same thing at 7.30 a.m., right? I like, I like variety. I like, I, I, I'm, an, I'm an extrovert, so I like talking to people. And like yeah. th- that in, in a certain way can lead to just a lack of a plan in your day sometimes because you get, get caught in a conversation that you find very enthralling. Yeah. Um, but I also know that about myself. So 
trying to put systems into place is something that helps regulate me. And yeah. I think for a, a basketball program, systems are way more important than, than um, goals. Like it's good to have goals. It's important to have goals. And I think you should have them on certain tiers. Yeah. Like if you, if all you say is we want to win the national championship, I mean, like the you goal, really have yeah. Yeah, you and haven't set goal. a goal. You've just you've just and put it out there of like I'd like I'd like to be the best. Well, yeah, yeah no shit. Like, yeah, like yeah. What, I mean, what, every, you know, every team wants it's winning is the goal. So yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So yeah. systems matter so much more. Um, and I think one of the things that I've come to realize just as I read more and coach more and deal with people more is all of us on some level buck or or chafe a little bit at routine if it's if it's consistent and it's being um put into place by someone else right like if your mom told you to go to bed at nine o'clock every night mm -hmm. when you were when you were 11 you were like ah that's a bad idea i don't want to do that right yeah. but then you realize later in life like she was doing it because that was the best thing for me or if if you have a thing that you have to do for work every day, like if you have a Wednesday meeting every week, it's natural to be like, oh my God, we got the Wednesday meeting again. Like, all right, yeah. let's just get through. But those routines of like having a, a set thing every week yeah. allows us to be more creative because we enter that space and we know what's going to happen. And then we can kind of shut off the brain of like this, there's no stimulus of like, oh, this is brand new. We're comfortable. We're in that setting. We're, we're present and we understand what's going to happen so we can shut part of our brain down and yeah. have a new idea. And in basketball, like, I mean, how many days did you do restrictions, right? Every day you ever practiced at Lafayette, you did restrictions. Yeah. PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> but I guarantee you, that because you knew what you were doing in restrictions, you had moments of creative brilliance because you didn't have to think about what you were doing. Yep. So having systems and routines in place allows us to be creative because we're comfortable in the system that we're in. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah. I think as long as you're like learning and kind of iterating as needed, I think that's yes. where it can get a bit, a bit tricky with, you know, your Wednesday meeting that you dread going into if it's not oh, productive. If it's, if, if, yeah, if, if, it's, it's not, if it's, if it's mundane and there's no, there's nothing yeah. being, if you're not being challenged, I think that's really hard. Yeah. I think that's one of the cool things about sports, right? Like if you're having competitive practices, even if you know, if you know, like I could tell you exactly how this practice is going to go front start to finish. If you're being challenged by someone across from you, yeah. it's still really worthwhile and enjoyable and yeah. it's making you, it's making you reach your pinnacle. It's making you reach for something better. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's where systems, it, you know, there has to be some challenge. There has to be some stimulus. You yeah. Know? Love it. Love it. Cool. A couple more wanted to talk about success and winning. So as I said at the top, You've been six, pretty successful last last couple of years, um, and really throughout your career. I always felt like we watched a bit less game film after a win than a loss, probably because that that was the case. 
how do you approach like recapping and uh, enjoying winning and success kind of while maintaining a forward focus and not kind of taking too long to really think about it? You know, I, I was thinking about this um, yesterday and I think with coaching, it's such a, uh, it's such a visceral experience, right? I, I, I would think that like, you're getting such feedback, right? Like there's a scoreboard. So it's, 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 I would assume like stand up comedy is a little bit like it. Like you're either getting like cheers yeah. and laughter or you're getting like, you suck, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, or like trading is probably the same way where you're just watching the market, like, or a stock go yeah. like you're just getting instant feedback. Um, so if you can't enjoy the, the, the positives, yeah, like that's a tough way to live, man. Like now I don't think I always, you know, I'm not dancing in the locker room after every win with the team uh, because sometimes you're like, Hey, great win. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and now we gotta, we gotta build on that. You know, like the, the messaging sometimes is, is, is important, but like yeah, being able to go get some wings with your staff after a win yeah, is if you can't like, that's fun. Like, and then just laugh about something that happened in the game or like something a ref did or like of, of, if you can't enjoy that, then like, man, it's a tough way to, it's a tough way to live, to be a coach. Do you, um, do you think, I mean, there's definitely coaches out there and business people out there who, who don't do that. Right. Like, yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, so is it it's something you have to consciously like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to work for a guy named Chris Downs at St. Lawrence, who's one of the best people you'll ever be around in basketball. And like, one of his things was like, hey, man, win or lose, we're going to go get wings and beers and we're going to talk about it. And like it, that route again, that routine of like, hey, we're all in this like this is yeah. this is this is us like, hey, we lost. Let's go meet and get some wings and a beer and and hash it out. Hey, we won. Let's go get some wings and a beer and and talk about what's coming up next. And, and I, I really appreciate that you know I, I really appreciate that like i had mentors who who instilled that in me of like oh we lost what, what are you gonna do you're gonna go sulk about it you, we have to yeah. figure this out now we have to figure this out or oh we won like okay let's go talk about it and like hey what are we doing tomorrow okay yeah. all right let's think about that all right cool all right i'll see you tomorrow um i think the other big thing is staying balanced but, yeah, yeah staying... you have to i i honestly think monitoring how you do in the times of, of failure is even more important. Yeah. Like you can't be at the lowest of lows every time you lose. You just can't, you can be upset. And yeah, I, you know what? I show more film of losses than I do have after wins, but I, I promise when you, it's really hard to understand how important something is in the moment. Yeah. But every successful season I've been a part of had an inflection point where we thought things were bad, mm -hmm. where we had a tough loss or something happened off the court that was, hey, like we got to we got to address this right now. 
because human nature is you're not going to be as sharp as possible all the time when things are going successfully, when things are yeah. going positively. You need conflict. You you need inflection points where this is a make or break moment. Yeah. You know, I, I think those are important. And when I look back on those seasons, I go, if we hadn't lost that game, would we have been as good the next 10 games as we were? And the answer is probably no. Yeah. Because shoot, shoot, man, it's like it's like when you look at the bank statement and go, I don't have any dollars in my bank account. Maybe. And this is just a thought. Maybe I shouldn't eat out every meal. You know, and generally every young person has that has that inflection point in life and goes, time to go to the giant and buy some groceries and yeah. get get some bananas in bulk, you know. Um so my kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I I you're a, you're a nutrition uh expert, so I'm I'm happy yeah. to uh to inspect. But I, I, I really think that managing successes and failures and not getting too high or too low is really important. But yeah. having said that, it's a game. And if you win a game, you you can be happy. It's okay. Yeah. That's I think that's our new quote. Win or lose, we're gonna get wings. <laughs> wings are the ultimate food. I love it. I love What's it. What's better? Wings or wings or nachos? What do you think? What's better? I have a hot take on wings. I, I don't know if please. Oh no, we're let's not go. we're not doing it. We're not doing it. It's that, uh, is it nachos. that is, it's a nachos. You're, so yeah. your nachos what do you yeah. do you go meat on your nachos? You go chicken, beef, or just straight I think cheese? I think you gotta have some meat on there. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean straight cheese. It's, I'll still eat it. It's still an enjoyable one, experience. But one of one of my daughter's favorite things to do now is is make nachos for uh, Eagles games. There you go. It's big. Not, it's a big win. Not melted big cheese. Big win for me. Not melted cheese. I saw that that tweet. No, uh, that's just for the uh, <laughs> tortilla. The, uh, tortilla. Uh, the nachos. We we melt the cheese. Uh, and 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 that's the. That's the paradox of parenting is why is nacho cheese acceptable to be melted, but your tortilla cheese is not. And if you can figure that out, you could be a millionaire because you could write a book because none of us have figured it out yet. I mean, you just, you got to accept it. I would imagine. Yeah. Just survive in advance. It's like, it's like, it's like March. (laughs) Nice. Um, The next two questions are like kind of repeated questions that I like to ask it. At the end of my shows, again, one show in, but um, I, I think they're like, you know, important kind of general life outlooks that I, I like to gather from from guests. So um, there's a bunch of things in our case, like I feel like I subconsciously do from, as we mentioned, for Anno Hanlon. Um, in particular, one of them is like my newfound love for quotes. Uh, you and me both, baby. I don't know if you make your players memorize two paragraphs before every practice, but um, it, not not in Swedish, but they got to memorize some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the Carta Varda. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it might be hard to hone in on just one. But do you have one in particular that you use as like kind of a personal mantra for you, or that you would kind of you know? I think was it Tim Ferriss asked like if you could put a billboard anywhere kind of thing, but. Um, is there one quote that kind of sticks out? If you had to get like a tattoo of it, maybe let's try that. I can I can barely decide what shirt I'm going to wear, so I'm not getting a tattoo anytime soon. You know, um, huh? 
you know, it I, might be I the am, it might be the wings one, honestly. Win or lose, we're getting wings. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, I I'll, I'll, can I can I have a two part answer? Sure. I I I I always really do like the Emerson quote, Ralph Waldo Emerson quote of nothing great was ever achieved within in, without enthusiasm. You know, I, I do, I do really like that quote. It's probably overplayed in certain spheres. Um, but it's just so true. Like, yeah. And it kind of plays off what, what coach O used to talk about all the time. Like you're either a fountain or a fountain drain. Or a drain. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but that's like, like you get away from it and, and I'm sure like when you're 82, you hear that quote a ton of times. And then when you're 30, you're like, it's true. Cause you just, you're around so many drains in your life and you're like, I yeah. just can't do this. I can't do this anymore with this person, you know? And, um, how many people have you ever met who were like really melancholy, who were doing really cool stuff? They, I haven't met many, Yeah, you know, like, I guess if you're a musician who's just super talented or a point guard who's complex but incredible at his sport, like you can do it. But for the for the mere mortals, like if you're if you're not enthusiastic about what you're doing every day, how do you ever expect to do it well? You know, I I, I just think that's and Herm Edwards had a great quote about um Oh, well, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I, I'm just not feeling it today. And he's like, well, get back in bed, wake up on the other side, like go figure it out, you know? And, and I always thought that was good. I love that. Go get back in bed. Like, just go figure it out. Like, you know, and again, like I, I, I think that ties back into what we were talking about earlier of like some of the, the biggest values from sports. So, so one of the biggest takeaways from sports is like, Hey, you're in pain and you're, and you had a bad game last night. You still got to show up and figure it out. Yeah. And and you got to do it with energy and enthusiasm. And that's how we're going to get better. Otherwise yeah. we're never going to get, otherwise we're never going to get out of this. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that Emerson quote is still the one I, 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 I resonate with the most. Um, nice. Dave Paul, Dave Paulson had a great quote to me once. It's, it's one that I think I, I, I try to tell to um, young coaches a lot and it probably applies to young people in your, in your spectrum, um, in your, uh, in your field. Uh, don't make, don't make career decisions based on money until you absolutely have to, you know, make them based on people and passion and growth. And then eventually, yeah, you're going to be like, listen, I got to pay, I got to pay the mortgage. Yeah. But in your formative years, try to do things that you're passionate about with people who you enjoy being around and, and, and live a purposeful life. Yeah. Don't make don't make decisions based around monetary reasons until you absolutely know you have to do it. Yeah. I, I, I really think that if people can follow that um, advice, it, it's it's super helpful. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer in that, obviously, having tried a, a few different things. Um, yeah. And it's easy to get locked into something. Yeah. Once yeah you... it's, it's hard. It, it's not, it's, it's not as easy as a quote, but you know, yeah. it, it's a, it's a good thing to consider. Gotcha. Now I think Fran would approve of, of all this. Um, cool. Those are, yeah. I, I didn't know if you 
where you're going with that, but you, those are awesome ones. I, I love the Herm one. That's I remember I gave um, you I, I gave you you asked for one I gave you three so yeah I didn't know, I didn't know if you were gonna stop to be honest um no that's what most people have said about me yeah this isn't I, I have a list we're not gonna get into that but we were just talking about it kind of going with the Herm one um yeah and again shout out to Fran talking about Fran but um he I always remember one time <laughs> I think my freshman year I like I fucked up and he took me out um as has happened um <laughs> and i said something to the effect of like like i don't know what you want me to do like i, I forget the context and his response was i want you to not mess up <laughs> yeah it's like he really doesn't care like and that's kind of like something i kind of think about with you know people i bring out like you just got to get it done like it like i don't yeah not not that it was like necessarily an excuse, but like he wasn't really looking about looking for a reasoning or a kind of explanation. He's just like, just figure it out. Just ma- yeah. make it happen. Like nobody you know, cares. It, you know, nobody. And you know what made me think about that earlier today? Um, that kind of uh, like the, the Patriots bills game where like people are like, how on earth can you play football in 55 mile power wins? And Bill Belichick was like, I'm going to run the ball 72 times because yeah. no one cares. This is, this is what we have to figure out. And I, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And like, I, I love that of like, Hey man, this is kind of fun. Like I'm going to figure it out, you know, yeah, the embrace, other, it. The other, embrace it. Yeah. Embrace it. The other one I, 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 I always used to love was, um, and, and like coach O had, had the, the number one stat for a point guard is wins. Like, and I was like, that's it. That's it. But then you realize like a point guard, like, all right, do I need to set other people up this game? Do I need to, do I need to just take over and score? And like, and to your point right there, like just figure it out, figure out how to win, figuring out how to win is a skill. Like, right. Like just, just figure it out. I want you to not mess up. Um, And then, and then once you stop, once you figure out how to not mess up, then you can like do all the fun stuff, but like, just, just get that done first, you know, just get it done. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in anything. I just, I want you to not mess up. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's that's a good one, man. That's good. Yeah. I'll I'll keep that in mind. Thanks guys. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Final question. Um, We could go all night, but I I know you have a, a bedtime. Um, no, actually, I, I would prefer to go all night so that I don't have to help with bedtime. But you don't have to make. Hey, you, yeah, you you do you you do you. Well, you're, you're missing the tortillas. Um, what is one skill, one skill, that you think is attributed most to your success? If you could say this one skill is is kind of what I either lean on or um, has attributed to the successes that I've had. Well, there, there's no way to answer this question without sounding like you're bragging on yourself. So thanks for that. Yeah, that's why I asked. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to think of like what, a catch-all word for it, uh, but maybe it doesn't have to be, have a catch-all word. Um, I I I think I genuinely enjoy interacting with people like i'm i'm a a hard extrovert right like when when you 
like the pandemic was really hard for me. Like, yeah. I, and I, I just said that like it was over. Uh, it's not. Um, the, the initial part of last year when like we were all in our houses and like people weren't seeing anyone and, we, and I wasn't going to work and I didn't have a team to coach. Mm-hmm. That was torture. It was really hard. I genuinely get energy from conversations and talking with people and interactions and meeting new people and like yeah I I, I enjoy that I, I I really love that part of the job and just existing you know and, and I think like in a, in a in a role where you have to deal with a lot of different personalities every day in a department on your team whatever in a job where you have to recruit a ton of people and their, their families and their coaches. I never look at it as too much of a chore. Like it's a chore sometimes to make the extra phone call, you know, Yeah. but I genuinely like getting to know coaches of players and maintaining those relationships late in life, you know, and I genuinely enjoy like it is, it's so, it's so awesome to still be able to like have conversations with you, you know, yeah. and, and the guys who you played with and like to get a random text message from a guy I coached um, when I was 22, you yeah. know, like I, I think, I, I honestly think that just if I, if I have one skill, maybe it's that, that I like, I like talking to people. And, and I, mean, I think probably at times people probably, yeah. people, people are probably like, shut up. Like that's enough talking now, young man. Um, well, they said that to me when I was a young man, but, um, but I really love it. I really love it. And yeah. um, I mean, that's not, com- it's not, I'm not texting a whole lot of, a lot of my coaches. So I, I can say firsthand, that's not a, that's not a common occurrence. So I, I well, I think, I think for one, you know, most of those coaches have deleted your number so they they wouldn't, they wouldn't even know who you are. So that's, that's tough, you know? So yes. I, I'm, I'm just the one remaining who has kept you around in his phone book. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Um, no, nah, but like, I, I've been really fortunate Ben too, because I got to work for really good people throughout my career Yeah. who recruited really good people. So like, it's, it's not like this chore. Believe me, there are, there are players who I coach who I don't really try to stay in touch with. <laughs> yeah. But there's I've, players, I've got a whole... There's players I played with. Likewise. Yeah. The, yeah. But, but there's coaches. a whole lot. There's a yeah. whole lot more of them who I, who I actively try to stay in touch with. And yeah. for that, I'm a really lucky person. I'm a really yeah. lucky person. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I, I can say that that's not a... A fake answer that was i can attest to, to well, it's not that. it's not super it's not super helpful though like i like i mean it wasn't one listen. word it wasn't one word but yeah i, I think uh i think you well, come think, up come up with you're 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 a, you're a patriot league graduate come up with one word to surmise that chief huh i mean people person is is a that's two that's, that's two I words mean, that's two words that's a, there's a hyphen in there no i think um <laughs> first of all caring like you you can't do that without without caring um 
And yes, I, when I when I interview for jobs, sometimes I say my my greatest weakness is that I just care too much. I care too much. But yeah, I, I mean, it also, that's, that's also effort, though, right? Like, <laughs> No, I guess I, I guess just for me, like, and this is where I think it's not overly helpful. Is like it, it's not an effort for me all that much. Like I, I truly enjoy it. Like for some people, I think the idea of networking, yeah, and reaching out to people, it is an effort. And like I, I appreciate the fact that some people have to put in a great effort to maintain relationships because they're more introverted than me. Yeah. But like, I've never been the guy who like really enjoys just sitting on my couch, not talking to someone, you yeah. know, uh, maybe I have FOMO or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, but maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing in a, in a, in a certain amount, you know, a yeah. certain dose. But you figured out, how, you figured out how to play into that. And I think understanding like what you're good at is, is half the battle. And then, yeah, I mean, there's things I, I, I wouldn't say that that answer was necessarily mine. So I wouldn't. What, what do you? What do you think? What's yours? Like, what's the skill that you? You? What's your skill? I guess I should have an answer for that, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, what I did there, I, I, I just flipped, flipped it. it. Flipped yeah. It. Flipped this is where I, this is where I cut off. Cut off the interview. Yeah. Um, you can. That's fine. I think I have a way of relating to people that's not that that um, that I, I try to lean on. I, I think it's like a. I mean, we're we're a lot different in that way. I don't think that's any any secret. I'm not quite as extroverted, I would say, but, um, I think there's a connection that I'm able to, to get with people that, um, what do you, what, what do you what, like? I'm being dead serious right now. What do you think that is? Is it like, cause when I think of you, I think, I don't think you're an introvert. So is it more just that like you have, like, I think for me, this is the way I would put it. Like I, it, this doesn't have to be aired by the way. Um, like I don't have, I think with like, like maybe a difference between you and I, I don't have, I, n- I never had like one best friend, right? Yeah. Like I've always had a lot of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm friends with all these people. Like that was kind yeah. of, is, is yours more that you have like more close relationships with a select few people? I mean, what, what, what how do you see it? No, I think I'm more like you in that sense. Um, okay, so that's what so, I'm wondering because I've always I've always sensed that too. Like no one's like, oh, that band, what a dick. Well, I've I mean, except for your ex girlfriends, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we'll cut that out. I mean, there is um, again that goes back to like the bucket, it like introvert versus extrovert. I don't really know what what the definitions of those things are, but I know that I'm not quite as um, I guess outgoing would be the word as you. I got you. But I'm still very much, yeah, I have a lot of relationships. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying at all that this is the case for you, but I think people generally appreciate that I like don't bullshit and like kind of, you know, I'm a more subtle approach and I'm not like, you know, in your face and kind of uh, blowing smoke. I, I just, if, if, if there's no, someone, if, if, if there's someone, like I'm not good at being around or, um, faking it around someone who i don't care for and i think all right so that's all right that's that makes a ton of okay yeah now now i see what you're saying now i see you're 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 an authentic that that's you're very authentic i didn't want to say it but yeah i I try to be at least yeah no you no you are you are actually and to your point of the caring and like the um the networking and that like comes naturally to you like me not like not being able to do that is like 
I, I couldn't do it if I if I tried. So, and well, I think it's, I think, it's funny. I I can and like Matt Panto used to laugh at me and be like, yeah. you know, I can I can. He would be like, I know when you're on the phone and you're bullshitting someone because I know your fake laugh so well by now. And I'd be like, he'd be like, how do you do that? I'd be like, what do you mean? He'd be like, I was like, I don't know, like. You know, they're trying to tell a joke. It's not funny, but like, I don't want them to feel bad. You know, yeah. it's just, it's very, it's, it's funny. Like, cause that is one thing about, that's a good thing, you know, and, and that's, that's a good thing to know about yourself too, is like, I think understanding what your personality is helps you to be successful. Like, yeah. like, oh, you know, all right, I know this about myself, like, and then if you go into a meeting and you're like, I don't really enjoy this person, but I got, I got to figure this out right now, how to, how to shine it on for a little while. Yeah. That's that, it's super important. Self-awareness is just super important. Yeah. It's super important. We're none of us are as self-aware as we'd like to be, but no, having, no. It, having it on some levels really, really necessary. Yeah. And working at it. It's key. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Working at it. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. I think, I think we're good there. Um, so yeah, let's, let's wrap things up. Uh, yeah. Again, okay. I want to, I don't know if you finished your beer, but I want to cheers you again. Uh, so did I, um, thank you for coming on. I, I appreciate it. I know you have a busy schedule, a bit of a lull in the season right now, obviously continued success this year, wishing all the best. And, and as I said at the outset, and, um, I think a couple other times I consider you a very close friend and I respect and admire you a lot. Um, and more than anything, I always appreciate that you made my college experience a lot better. Um, and it, oh, wow. at times it was, it was very difficult and I will forever be grateful for that. So, um, thank you for that. And, and thanks for all the wisdom. Um, and yeah, good luck rest, rest of the road. Appreciate you. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I am honestly flattered that you would have me on. I really am. Um, who'd who'd have thought you and me who'd have thought not 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 me (laughs) not me not me me. well appreciate it man thanks and uh thank you thank you for having me my man cheers cheers